Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This week's After Movie Diner comes from deep in the bowels of Albert Hall, the tiny, tiny man who does my guttering. That's how you know the recording's begun. Hello. From now on. <laughs> yeah, from now on, from when now on. Jim blows a raspberry, the diner is in session. <laughs> yeah. Good evening. It's my gavel. Good evening, <laughs> gentlemen and men. Tonight, <laughs> it's another I, I episode. Bet, I, bet, I, bet, I bet ladies listen to the podcast. If ladies listen to the episode, please call us on 347-669-0053. Is that your phone number? Yeah. Oh, cool. If there are any ladies listening, because I doubt that there are, but if they are, please call us at 347-669-0053. And now the After Movie Diner can commence. And this week, yet again, we're back with regular co-host, co-host, and co-host, Mr. James Wallace. very sweet of you to give me three titles. Yes. I'm trying desperately to think of a witty way to introduce you that Stephen Fry hasn't done a hundred times. It's very, very difficult. Is uh, it because I don't have enough witty things, like, about (laughs) (laughs) If people could see you right now, it would be funnier than than hearing you. If I was more interesting, then you'd have wittier things. You're very interesting. I'm only, like, like partially interesting. I think you're... Well, there's... Bits of I'm you, okay, I occasionally walk past interesting things. There's, slight, there's, a, there's a bit, you, you can't really see it, but just below your shoulder blade on the left-hand side that's absolutely riveting. <laughs> <laughs> I really was looking as well. Yeah, I know you maybe like a pigeon or Because that's happened before. No, it, no what, but that wouldn't be something interesting about you. That well, would well, just be... Yeah, but that says something what, about... Pigeons my... poop on you. Yeah, <laughs> just like that says something about like how interesting my personality is. You go, is there anything interesting about him? You go... He's got some poo on his shirt. He's got some poo on him. So, um, if you want to contact the diner, hello and welcome to the afternoon diner. James is here. Uh, if you want to contact the diner, please call us at three four seven six six nine zero zero five three or email us at aftermoviediner. If you at can think of a more interesting way to introduce, if that's you can, fine. yes, come up with a come up with a way to introduce James. In fact. That's the competition. Keep coming up with ways. Keep sending in emails of how to introduce James. I will use each one each week without James's knowledge, and the one that gets the best reaction at the end of three months or whatever, <laughs> considering you're all bloody useless at emailing me. <sighs> but the one that gets the best reaction is the one that I will keep. Have okay. That. Yeah, I like that. And then you will have influenced the after movie donor. We are back. So the social media firestorm. <laughs> Listen, if Ask Bobby Jindal can take yeah, off. Yeah, what the fuck? I wrote a really good one. Those things are Ask Bobby. I ate an entire lemon. Not really a question, but I thought it was worth noting. <laughs> that got like 10 retweets. And then I had another one that said something along the lines of um, uh, what would happen if I welded together a bear and a mongoose with mine science or something. <laughs> it was something like that. Oh, yeah, and could I call him Lord of all the clams? 
Ask Bobby. <laughs> then I realised that even though thousands of people had tweeted Ask Bobby, he hadn't replied to any of them. So I was like, what are you hiding, Mr. Jindal? And that, that was, it was really good fun. I had a ball with it. Oh, that's good, that's good. I got a ton of followers from it as well, just by putting some like witty ass Bobby stuff out. You really are. Oh yeah, no, we're still we're, looking. Sorry, we're still we're, looking we were chatting we away. Will, my apologies. Sir, my apologies. I might get it now. So we're back in the Market Diner, yes, which are. is one of our favourite diners. It's my favourite diner uh, in New York City. Um, we were going to go to the Westway Diner, but unfortunately, it was a grade pending. Yes. Uh, so that and we don't trust be, that. that it could be, be a C. Could be a C. Um, so that had to be scrapped in favour of the market. Should we explain? No, it doesn't matter. Who okay. gives a fuck? I think it's throughout the country now anyway. Do you know what I might do? I might go for the bolognese. Because I haven't had a good pasta in quite a while. I quite fancy the bolognese. Sure. I've had the, the Carson City before. I think I had the grilled chicken sushi. He was born in Carson City. It's a city by Copenhagen the Copenhagen panini. Can't have that. It's probably got Copenhagen's in it. Probably got Copenhagen's. Who wants Copenhagen's? Um, I don't know what I want. Linguine cabanada. Do I go for the bolognese or do I go for the chicken, bacon, fettuccine alfredo? Uh, what do you reckon, dude? I don't know. Bolognese or chicken and bacon Alfredo? It's your choice. Pick one My now. Oh, this doesn't work unless you remember. <laughs> Bolognese yeah. or chicken and bacon Alfredo? And what's Alfredo again? Creamy cheese. Um, Bolognese. I'll go for the Alfredo then. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> thought so. Actually, I've had bacon and chicken today. I'm going to go for the bolognese. I don't know what I want. Um, I'm being fucking hopeless here. Spaghetti and meatballs. Meatballs. I'm going to get the spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. Meatballs. Ladies and gentlemen, he's on a meatball. I'm going to get spaghetti meatballs. Okay, so after this <laughs> hilarious intro, <laughs> um, why don't you tell us what movie we saw tonight? Uh, we saw um, a movie that I think was, wasn't it brought to our attention on the, on the Facebook page by somebody? Did uh, somebody in the face, like, throw in, us the in, trailer in, for in the fa- Well, two things. First, Brad Gullickson, one of my uh, friends on Facebook and uh, someone I met through the Philadelphia Comic Con, uh, he, um, and through the podcast, uh, and through his love of William Shatner, uh, he uh, saw it and posted a picture and said, I'm off to see this. But also someone on the Facebook group uh, mentioned that they had watched it as well. I see. Well, that's, so that's how, so that's how it kind of, of came into my And then it, it seemed like it was it premiered like on a, on a cable channel over here, right? Didn't it like premiere on Stars or something? No, and it's then, just on demand, isn't it? Or just... Uh, oh, maybe that's what it is. So it was on demand. So because they do that more and more these days, right? They're on demand in the cinemas like the same day. Yeah, you can watch this on Amazon now for like five bucks, I think. Okay. But we... More fool us for we, paying $15 to see it in the cinema. We were hopeful because it's been, it's been a while now, as probably noticed, since we've been able to go to a cinema and see like a, a silly but fun, you know, action-y movie. Right, because um, we did San Andreas, like which movie. was obviously a big release. Yeah. Um, and then we did... Uh, I guess, I mean, Maggie... Well, we did Vendetta, like... but then yeah, that, was, okay. that was... But that was playing at an art house cinema. That wasn't one of the, like, little weak ones. No, it wasn't one of, the, like, a, a B-movie. I guess it was a B-movie, though. 
But anyway. Um, but last week they we had were bearing, bearing the X, which you didn't see, but that was playing at the AMC on 42nd Street. Okay, yeah, I didn't want to see that because I can't stand you, Chekhov. I love the hat that you call Anton Yelchin's new Chekhov. Oh, I think that's awesome. That's what I hate about That's what I hate about the Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this week very was nice because it drum rolls like it was going to be really fun, and we decided to go and see Big Game. Big Game, which is from the director of Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale. That was his previous uh, feature film. Do I know that? It's from Finland. It's the one where the um, it's a bit similar actually. It's one where hunters try and capture Santa Claus, like uh, the real Santa Claus. Oh no, I've never. Okay. Uh, which is why it's sort of eerily similar because it's you know right. a big catch by like big hunters kind of thing but um, so he made a series of short films right. of which Rare Exports was one of them he then blew that up into a feature uh, and then this is his second feature film Big Game based on a book by Dan Smith or Dan something or other? No, I don't think so. I think, no, it was based on an original story by him and somebody else. No, 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 it was definitely based on a book. The movie was definitely based on a book. Definitely 100%. Because I read it not only in the IMDb stuff, but also on the screen at the end. No, no, I know that, but but I think the thing at the end was like, you can read the... Okay, I mean maybe the book came first. Definitely, I, I, the book I came could have sworn like on, in the titles of the opening movies, it's based on, origi- on, a, on an original story by the director and some other Finnish guy. Oh, okay. Like I could have sworn that was in the credits. Okay, well it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, uh, it's a story. I can't imagine it was a particularly riveting book, but whatever. No. I guess it might have had a bit. Uh, it might have had a bit more like. It's hunting. the most expensive movie at eight point five million dollar budget. It's the most expensive movie ever made in Finland. Wow, okay. Uh, and um, it had its week release at the AMC 25, up on screening room 10. Uh, and We were there. Um, we were there. Not we in an empty it. cinema. Not in an empty cinema, good crowd. Who what? seemed to enjoy the movie? They were laughing. Yeah. They were, they were enjoying it. They had a it. good time. They had a good time. And it's sort of, uh, what is it, sort of a wilderness adventure movie. It's not quite it, an action movie, is it? It's more of a sort of wilderness drama chase kind of movie. Yeah, it's like what's that? What's that one with Berenger and um, Kirstie Alley in it from the eighties? Benj knows. Berenger and Poitier. Uh, what in the wilderness, um, hunting for something like a criminal? Berenger and Poitier. Berenger's like the rugged hunter type. Right. Poitier's the you know no suited FBI agent no or whatever, and they go hunting somebody in the wilderness. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's, that's the kind of the, the movie it is. Yeah. The movie that James is referring to is the 1988 classic Shoot to Kill, directed by Roger Spottiswoode and written by Harv Zimmel. But like Survival Quest, Don Coscarelli's Survival Quest, and um, the, what were those books? They, they, we used to have them at junior school, and he wrote like a million of them. They were like Panda Adventure and... They were always something adventure. You know, like Wilbur trees. Smith? Wilbur Smith, that's it. <laughs> it was kind of like a Wilbur Smith book. Yeah, it was a bit Wilbury, wasn't it? Yeah. I've never used Cause it he, he used to, yeah. he used to like, write oh, books about that. Didn't it was like, like big game hunting, yeah. And, it was, yeah, it was that kind of feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're ready now. Uh, can I get the spaghetti and meatball? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh
Um, I'm sure I'm going to have neither. I'm just going to have the spaghetti and meatballs. That's fine. That's it. Yeah, that's the lot for me. Uh, Papadel bolognese, please. No sauce, no salad. No, I'll have some salad with some ranch dressing on it. And um, could I get a cup of um, chamomile tea or green tea? Chamomile would be great. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. So, um, so, but we should say the basic plot. Oh, we should say what? We oh, yeah. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should okay. say, um, should you watch this movie? Should you watch this movie? Is it something you want to see before you listen to the podcast? I don't know. Listen to Jim and me. That was good. No, it was really bad. No, Carry on. You, it fine. rhymed. It had a tune. <laughs> you pulled it out of nowhere. I am properly impressed. Okay, fantastic. By that, by that theme tune. So, Jim, why don't you tell us? Would yes. you recommend? Yes, you us? absolutely should go and see this film. Yes, they should. Yes, because. But it's... will we spoil it? Like, if you listen to the podcast before you went to see it, would we really spoil it? No. No, there's nothing to spoil. I don't think. There's nothing no, to spoil. There's no real. There's no... One of the big twists. Uh, you see it coming re- from the beginning. Well, no, no, but one of the big twists is revealed, uh, the Ray Stevenson twist, let's just call it that, yeah. uh, is in the trailer. Fine. And it's pretty obvious from, like, like the first thing you see... And the second not twist... In which the first we, thing you see in England The second is twist here. we don't really need to talk about until the end of the podcast. Fine. Okay. Right. And again, the, even that wouldn't... The second twist we'll talk about in the last ten minutes of the show. I guess that, that might that might spoil it a little bit, that twist. Yeah, Knowing so that. we will not reveal the second twist until the last bit of the podcast. So if you want to listen to the first five ten minutes... Stay tuned, because Crossy will invent a brand new theme tune for Here Comes the Thing that we said earlier, that yeah. maybe perhaps we're in the movie. Yeah, I see. probably will do that. I yeah. probably will, if yeah. I have any time. Yeah, you probably will. I yeah. probably will do Stay that. Stay tuned, listeners. Stay tuned, it's going to be exciting stuff. It will, it will. So, big yeah. game. I will uh, periodically update you as to how far away I think we are from that moment. Yeah, but no, I would agree with you, Jim. I would say that people should go see this film. Yes. Um, if you like fun... Uh, it's it's quite kind of um, it's almost like 70s Disney family film kind of almost like bits in it yeah it's a PG-13 movie there's nothing in it that would really like but like it's got that spirit of like you know it's about you know, it does have that like seventies Disney way, like adventure feel. Even right? though it was Finnish, I didn't want it to finish. finish. No! And there's the headline: Finland, Finland, Finland. I was thinking about that quite the a lot. The country, country where I quite want to be, pony trekking or camping. And this was actually filmed in the Alps the and Alps. not in the uh, Finnish mountains uh, at all. Filmed in Bavaria. Not in so that. a lot of German people in the. It, uh, was, uh, it was meant to be filmed in Lapland. Right. Lapland. But when they went and scouted Lapland, they were like, nah, not what I'm looking for. And so they went to the Alps instead. Cool. Um, but it put, the, it put the beans on the screen, it is did. what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, given that it was like a Finnish movie, it looked spectacular. Well, you're finished already. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get tired of that. Keep score of the Finnish <laughs> pun jokes. The correct answer at the end of the podcast <laughs> is many. Will... <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer at the end of the podcast is yes, lots. Yes, many. Many. Uh, so, Basic anyway, plot, dude. we should. 
if yes, you should see it. Basic block. Well, no, you should do the basic block. Okay, I'll do the basic block because I'm so much better at it. You are loads better at it than I am. Loads better. Loads better. So anyway, there was apparently a Finnish tradition uh, by which, at your the turning of your thirteenth year, you are sent as a boy out into the wilderness to hunt your first deer or whatever. Whatever you, come you can across. find. I think. I think the idea is you get sent out into the forest. For one day and one night. One right? day and one night. And whatever with you come back with. With a bow and arrow. With, whatever you come back with, it makes you a man. And you get a picture taken and it goes up on the yeah, wall. Yeah, with, with like a rabbit. So, so the, the opening of the movie is him looking at pictures on the wall. Uh, some are holding rabbits, some right. are holding deer. And his dad hunted a bear. Like yeah. his, his dad is known as the greatest Finnish hunter of all time. Because <laughs> he finished well. <laughs> <laughs> And he killed a bear. Yes. Uh, there is not much hope in the young lad. We don't know that. Well, no, we do. When 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 we get to the mountaintop and they're about to send him off. But, but that's but that's what's quite neat because at the beginning of it, when he's talking to his can dad, can I finish the plot? Sorry. And then we can go back. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's not much hope in the lad. No. Uh, meanwhile, flying overhead on his way to a G8 summit. Uh, the president in Air the Force equally One. hopeless. The equally hopeless. I was going to get to that. Point. Sorry, sorry. But the uh, the equally hopeless, and in fact, on the front page of the newspaper that day, lame duck president. And there was lots of references to he can't even do a push up, let alone run the country, and all the rest of it. Uh, lame duck president um, is uh, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Is flying overhead and about to make his descent down into Helsinki for a pre G8 summit with his right-hand Secret Service agent, played by former Punisher, and now uh, uh, one of the Thor Did he really play the the, the Punisher? He played Punisher in Warzone. I'm like, I know he's a big guy. No, he's awesome in Punisher Warzone. It's the best Punisher movie, it's awesome. Really? Yeah, you'd love it. Directed by a chick as well, but it's super violent. And I heard the chick interviewed him. She was was like, uh, she, she had done one little art movie, and then she was like, uh, Marvel came to her to do the, the punishing she, like, she read loads of punishes and then she just said well I guess I go all out then and she went like, really all out and there's like decapitations in it and it's one of Patton Oswalt's favourite movies anyway so Ray Stevenson is playing Secret Service agent Samuel L. Jackson is the president uh, and um, a we presume a terrorist mastermind rocks up on a mountain in Finland and fires a Chinese missile at Air Force One and all the little uh, planes around it, bringing it all down into the uh, sea uh, and before uh, no, into, into a lake, into a feud. Uh, before they can do that, um, he, uh, the president, is pushed into an escape pod uh, and lands uh, conveniently enough right by the little boy who's spending his night in the forest. Um, the chase is then on the little boy has to protect the president of the United States while also learning lots of values along the way as does the president Um, and Ray Stevenson who is the turncoat as is revealed in the plot that he is the turncoat the man on the inside he and the supposed lunatics are chasing the president behind the, the throughout the woods and hijinks ensue that's kind of the setup right? Yeah, that's succinctly put. So the kid has Part to, of the bits where I interrupted. The kid has to become a man, down. and the president has to become a man, 
and to become a president. Yeah, and they have to overthrow the evil, beat, strokey beard. Well, they have to beat the odds and survive, don't right. they? That's what they have to do. Right. It becomes a matter for the kid rather than a matter of him hunting anything. It becomes a matter of him surviving. surviving. Right, because on top of everything in the forest trying to get at them, they've also got Mammoth Stevenson, his machine gun, and his... Uh, uh, no wildlife, though. Yeah, there was none of that in the movie at all, was there? Look at that. Fit for a king. Thank you so much, sir. A wonderful salad served here at the Market Diner. I highly recommend it. I should have got the salad, didn't I? Look at this. Look, they've even cut the cucumber into a nifty shape. Oh, yeah, that's super cool. And little cherry I feel, ba- I feel bad I didn't get the salad now. You can have some of mine. Do you no, want me to not put ranch on something? No, 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 I like ranch. I just um, Ray Stevenson's character took a bullet for the prez and has a bit of shrapnel edging towards his yeah, heart. Yeah, he's... It turns out, as, and pretty quickly, um, that he uh, betrays the president. And it seems like he betrays it because he took a bullet for, like, a shit president. It's basically what it is. It's like... Um, what if you took a pre- you know a bullet for you know George W. Right, and like right at the beginning of his presidency, and then he thought, what the hell did I do? But Gerard Butler went through all that just to save Aaron Eckhart. I would have let Eckhart die, even though that's a super. Fun. Yeah, but we don't know what he's like as a president. Presumably, he's pretty good. Whereas we're, we're told categorically that Samuel Jackson is a shit president. Yeah, we're told that everyone is against him. Yeah, everybody hates him. Nobody loves him. Um, and he is a bit, you know, and he is a bit. One of the one of the best things about the whole movie, I think, is how much fun Jackson has being a bit crap. Yeah, being beaten up. I mean, he is beaten up in yeah. this movie. If but you wh- went in expecting Samuel L. Jackson like throwing the f bomb around and beating people up, you would be disappointed. Because that's what's. Cool and I think that, that's probably why it has a five point six on IMDb. Is because people went in expecting a, a different movie. Yeah, agree. Because I think what the, the the nice thing about it is, just like I was expecting the kid to be like a really great hunter, and together they'll band together, blah blah blah. But actually, it's they're both a bit crap. The kid's a bit of a crap hunter, and Samuel Jackson is a bit, you know, he's crap at everything. And but what's cool about Jackson when he fights in the movie is that he uh, isn't very good at it, but he doesn't, but he doesn't give in. Right. You know what I mean? Which is really nice. But he does get the crap beat out of him. Um, and just like the kid, it's more about not giving in um, than anything else. But really, the relationship between... Also, the director is super, super um, into hero shots. There's yeah, multiple, yeah, 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 yeah. multiple slow-mo hero shots with the camera, like, whipping around the Alps and big stirring music, which I couldn't get enough of. Yeah, it was I was really loving fun. the beat. Because, because they weren't set up as heroes. So right. whenever no, there was a hero fallible. shot, when there was ever there was a hero shot, they'd really earned it. Right. You know what I mean? Or it was a part of their own mythology in their head. Like it was almost as if the hero shot was happening in their head in order to, you know, g themselves up for whatever right. it was they were about to do. And even Stevenson, I thought, even though he was meant to be the guy who could overpower, played his weakness very well. Played the fact that he was wheezy and had to keep taking painkillers and but he actually did that really well yeah there was like a sense of um, of them all carrying like something that they couldn't ever get rid of right you know but it was a matter of like coming through to the end of it um, but it was like I really 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 enjoyed it a me lot. too me too a lot and I and, I, and again well because it was it was filled with like joyful daring do like it was just filled with sort of just 
And even when he did sit down around a bonfire and talk about like Finnish tradition and, and some incident that he had as president that embarrassed him or whatever, it was just kind of like I could have sat and watched him just chat. About yeah, that's that. true. Like, it was just kind of charming, and he's yeah. like chomping on this moldy looking sausage. I mean, and it, was, it was pretty cliche, but it was a good story, and it was well told. And I believed it, and it was really nice at the end where he goes, "There's only two people in the world who know that: me and now you." Yeah. It was just like a really nice. It was yeah, it was a bit cliche, but it was really nice, and everything about it worked. And the cliche. What worked is that Jackson had no problem looking weak. Yeah, that's true. Like the kid on the buggy with Jackson on the back wrapped in like this ridiculously <laughs> 70s blanket. blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking a bit like E.T. because he had like the blanket <laughs> over his head. Yeah, he did. It was awesome. And I was just like, it, it really endeared me to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I he know. knew that by showing all the weaknesses of this process, you'd actually, like the audience would actually be with you. Not I, I tell you what I knew I was going to like when he's trapped inside the escape hatch right? the kid comes up to the escape hatch and he knocks on the escape hatch and Jackson knocks back and then Jackson starts to write something on the inside of the it's the, the password isn't it for the right, door right right but it's he writes but it back he, start, he starts off by writing it in front of himself but you're seeing it from the kid's point of view so you see it being written backwards and then there's nothing else you just see him then rubbing it out and then writing it like very slowly and carefully backwards and it just that was I just thought that was so neat there was no reason to do it except that it was a little you could visualise him in there going what the fuck are you doing he can't see, he can't read that right, right. the right way round right I, and it was just and I, oh and right after the kid punched in the code and the thing came open and the kid ran away yeah you know, and that whole sequence of Jackson writing it the wrong way around and then rubbing it out and writing it so the kid could read it. Then the thing opening and the kid running away, and then um, you know, rather than like standing and going, "Who are you? What do you want?" Or whatever, just running away. Jackson coming out and then uh, the kid throwing the old-fashioned, you know, tin can and a bit of string on it. Well, it was there. It was a, it was a plastic cup, and he fired it with a little arrow. That's right. And to Jackson, the and they have a conversation. Um, the, Jackson can't see the kid the kid's somewhere in the, in the so undergrowth Jackson goes no no don't hang up and then he looks at the cup and goes hang up the hell am I talking about which was lovely it was a really and that it whole sequence so was really 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 well done and all of it was like that it was if there were cliches it was because like the characters earned them and they were to some extent relying on those cliches to like, keep themselves sane in a bit of a mad situation and do you know what at no point, because I was halfway through, I, I had to consciously thought to myself, am I bothered that there isn't more action in this? Yeah. And actually, what the answer came back was, no, I'm just having fun watching this chase yeah, movie. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it became from... I had the same thought when, when, when they went into the plane right at the end. I thought, oh, we're getting close to the end now, and there hasn't been a lot of action. But then I thought, yeah, but... Like they're not. All they've had to do is survive. Right. There's no obstacle specifically to overcome or anything. There's right. no journey they have to take. They just have to survive, and they've had an adventure, and they've been like tough and strong and and, uh, and shown like ingenuity or whatever while they were surviving. So I was. You're right. I started to enjoy it like a chase movie, or like I say, like like one of those old Disney family action kind of thing. Right. It's just that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like a well put together like family with a little, adventure. With a little, bit. it's an adventure movie. Right, it it's an adventure movie, and right at the very end, there is a sort of 
like spy movie double cross. Right. They kind of sort of weirdly make makes the movie so much better. Yeah, yeah, like Brian Cox. Brian Cox in um, the Bourne films. Right. You know the whole like. Oh, yeah. we haven't even mentioned that yet. So yeah. while they're all being chased. Oh, you've God, got yeah. you've got the Victor Garber as the vice president. Yeah, and who's you've got the, Ted Levine? Ted Levine, he's amazing. He's what's, amazing. What's with his it? voice? Well, he was always had a deep voice. voice. He, he was um, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, like, Buffalo Bill. But, but he was, I, I didn't realise that until right in the movie. But he had the most amazing voice as the as the general guy. And the best thing I liked about the general thing was because we've talked about this before. In these movies, you need the shouty general who's yeah, in yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, he was a bit shit. Like, everyone was sort of a bit shit. Yeah, they were. That's true. And, like, at no point was there sort of a big, you know, um, marine strike that failed. It's just, he was always sending the marines to, like, the wrong place. And yeah, just sort yeah, of, yeah. like, well, they're 30 minutes out and stuff. They were all just a bit shit, which I enjoyed. Also, Ted Levine looked like... He could barely fit in his uniform, like his neck and his face and everything, like, was just sort of bulging out of the collars of his uniform. So he was constantly like, Brrr! and then there was this fantastic bit where they cut back halfway through and he's stuffing his face with Chinese food. Oh, I don't remember that. Bit. He had I a big carton of food that he was eating oh, out of. Oh, yeah. And he put down to, like, give another ridiculous speech and his hair was all over the place. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was a delight. He of was acting. And then, and then, to top it all off, Inspired bit of casting. As the greatest CIA <laughs> covert operative of all time. They chose... They chose Jim Broadway. <laughs> and it Wearing, was amazing. I presume, his own clothes. Yeah, he looked like... Because how many movies has he been he looked in, like he wandered in wearing out, that? He looked like he wandered in out of an Alan Bennett play. He yeah. like walked in he wearing did, no, his no, Alan Bennett been, clothes, he'd eating a having, sandwich. He'd been having sandwiches with Bennett. <laughs> They called in him the up and he went, went, sorry, Alan, I've just got to go and do this part in a finished movie. All right, Jim, go, go do it. You know, he was... He was brilliant. Brilliant. He was He's easily the best cameo I've seen. Shuffling in with his, with his tweedy jacket and his corduroy trousers and his old 50s... Uh, 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 sweater vest shuffling about eating a sandwich talking about the only disappointing thing and it's only slightly it would have been like I know it would have been a bridge too far but he may as well have had his like his own voice like he was putting on an American accent but if he'd wandered wandered in with his Jim Broadbent (laughs) with that outfit and this is the greatest CIA and this the whole time Nobody went. Are you sure? <laughs> it was. It was the greatest. And he was so. Good and then as well, Felicity Huffman. Yeah. And I was like, Why is she in there? All right, fine. Yeah, that was. Just so you got Samuel Jackson, Ray Stevenson, a bunch of people who appeared in Rare Exports, a lot of Finnish actors, who all have the most amazing faces. Yeah. Ever to. Well, exist. there was the Finnish Nick Nolte, <laughs> um, and there was the Finnish Michael Gambon. Uh-huh. Uh Were there others? I think we only came up with Michael Gambon. There was just a whole bunch. There was a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. They were they were a delight as well. And that like they were allowed to speak Finnish and there were subtitles. Yeah, that. that's true. Yeah. There and the th- big heroic lights and Crispin's Day speech type thing was done in Finnish. Right. With the music. Yeah, because the whole the whole what the first ten first stuff. ten minutes of the movie all in Finnish. Right. Which I, I just 
like everything about the movie I was just enjoying yeah it there was wasn't really anything enjoyable. about it that I was like nothing nothing in the movie bugged there was lots of good jokes in it too right like genuinely funny moment and also Jam- it's like Jackson being funny and it's been a while it, it, I tell you what it reminds me of it reminds me of the bag man in that it's been such a long time since I saw Jackson be like really good in something I guess and he the was Avengers, really good in but it. he was really good in it it's like properly not not just hi I've turned up and I'm Sam and L. Jackson but I actually playing a part you got the feeling that all the people in it because it was such a mad past were sort of in love with that do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, you yeah. got the idea that they were like this is an eight million dollar uh, uh, Finnish movie right I get to hang out in the Alps or whatever you know but but I, but I kind of love it and I kind of just want to do this this thing because he was so charming yeah as a sort of hapless president. Yeah, he was really, really good. And he was definitely playing a part. And if he hadn't... And Stevenson was playing his Hulk-like baddie to the cheap seats. I mean, he was belting out the... He was really, really I'm good. a big, gruff, lumbering bad guy with a wound in his chest. Like, he was really... Yeah, about to, like, like, have, like a... a like, about to fall down or right. drop dead, like, any minute, you know? Like, a real... Um, yeah, wounded animal. Like and some dangerous. great stunts as well because when you saw Stevenson on the edge of the helicopter like firing down when you saw the long shots especially when they had the because at one point and this I thought was a really touching scene I thought this was a really great scene at one uh, the dad has given the kid a map and said the best this yeah. is our little secret the best place to go to hunt deer in the morning if you stay beneath the wind, is this little alcove in the in the mountains that are, I'm going to put on the map. So they rock up there in the morning, him and uh, uh, the president, only to find this generator-run refrigerator in which the dad has put a um, a deer head, right? A stag, yeah. Stag head with like happy birthday sun. And obviously, like, the son gets really upset because he's like, even my dad doesn't believe in me. Even my dad has given me a fake chance of coming home a hero, and I don't want a fake chance of coming home a hero. I want to come home a hero, and he doesn't believe in me. I was so, I was like, that's so well done. Yeah. Like, I really liked that bit of detail. Um, but anyway, it allows them to have this, like, refrigerator, which they hang below the helicopter. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets in... This is also in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, the little kid runs off the side of the mountain, jumps on top of the, the um, uh, refrigerator, and it's carried by the helicopter across this fjord with, like, Rafe Stevenson on, on the outside of it, like, leaning down and shooting and stuff. <clears throat> and all the long shots of that, although it was obviously done by stuntmen, looked really good, because it wasn't like you saw the long shot and there wasn't a kid on top of the refrigerator or they just kind of blurred it out whatever like all the players you could see really crisply and cleanly in the in the photography of it and it just added to the realism of it and whoever stunt doubled Stevenson looked the spit of him oh, okay. oh, that's that thanks look at that thank you very much some palm is there oh you've got it there lovely thank you so much Thank you, cheers. Thank you very much. After you, Jim. Um, so, uh, whoever doubled Stevenson looked the business because I couldn't tell the difference. Like, it looked really good from the long shots to the close-up of him on the helicopter. Um, and I kind of love the fact that all these actors... Like, I can't get over the fact that a lot, a lot of these actors 
basically got paid nothing to mess around in a fi- Finnish movie just so that they like so it got made kind of thing I, yeah I, I think just you're kind right of, I just kind of love that you know what I mean yeah because like out of 8 million considering that there's a either a full scale model or full scale full scale CGI of the um, Air Force One you see a plane crash there's a bunch of huge explosions there's people running around yeah, there's the plenty of uh, like the money's on the, the screen yeah for sure. And it's shot, like I said, the beans are on the screen because it is shot stunningly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. so beautiful. It's ridiculous. Actually, that, I, I had a good feeling about it because the, the, right at the beginning, when they when they they were panning over all the mountains, and the music was amazing. I love the music. Like uh, that, that kind of music makes you go, oh, I missed like really good. Like powerful, like bah, 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 sound. Yeah, it was proper and, Hollywood. Um, the beans. That's why I liked about it. And uh, also the um, and the team was amazing, and it made you go, "I really want to see a story in this place." Right. No. Yeah, like I say, they obviously they obviously really searched their their spot specifically because the director had something very definite in mind. Yeah. And when he found it, he really used it. He really did. The whole thing was shot beautiful and there was only a couple of bits where you could see the kind of back projection and or outline that there was like a fake background during a stunt or something right and it really never took me out of the picture and there was only like a couple of moments apart from that the stunts and the action and everything like that was pretty seamless I thought like the shot of of um, uh, Air Force One with all the fighter jets around it like it looked like yeah I didn't it looked think, really good I didn't even think about most of it I was like, Do you know what I, mean? I, I, I didn't think, oh, that, you know, what a great stunt, or that looks good, or I wonder how they did that. I just was totally swept along in the middle. Part of the story, right. You know? And I can really only assume too. the reason why people haven't enjoyed this as much is because they were expecting something that it's not. They were expecting Samuel L. Jackson as and if, he, and if he turned up as, Sam, as Jackson and kicked ass as Jackson, it would have been a far less entertaining movie. Right. I think you and I both got our entertainment out of the characters and the story as well as the scenery and everything else but like we weren't expecting him to I think it's because we got on board with the, with the idea of them being a bit crap right rather than Jackson being a kick-ass president or the, you know or the kid being a kick-ass because I thought well, the kid's a kick-ass hunter and he needs to shepherd you know this you know president whatever who could still be pretty tough but out of his element but it wasn't that it was about like two and two people the, who hadn't lived up to expectations. Like right. The kid didn't live up to his dad's expectations. Jackson hadn't lived up to the country's expectations, the world's expectations. And they were placed in a situation where they had to survive. It was do or die. And they and they did it. You know. They were tested and they, you know, also they through it. And that was that was the, the pleasure of the movie. That was the adventure of the movie. I couldn't get enough them of them eject seating out of that the play. That was cool, yeah. We interrupt this podcast to say hello, valued listener. Thank you ever so much for finding and listening to this episode of the After Movie Diner. Well done, you. Give yourself a quick, swift, round pat on the back. We do hope you're enjoying the show, but even if you're not, or if you are, if you've got a question, or if you've got a suggestion, why don't you drop us a line over at aftermoviediner at gmail.com. That's aftermoviediner at gmail.com. Maybe you don't want to write a long, cumbersome email. Maybe you have problems with your spelling. Maybe you don't have an email address because you're old and infirmed and still living in the 1970s in a pair of plaid pants in an orange room. Well, if that's the case, then why not give us a call over at 347 669 
and leave us a voicemail in your very own dulcet tones. That's 347-669-0053. Of course, maybe you don't want to spend the money on a whole long phone call. Well, we do have a free voicemail service at speakpipe.com. That's www.speakpipe.com forward slash after movie diner and use your computer, laptop, tablet or whatever to leave us a 90 second voicemail over at speak, that's what I'm doing with my mouth, pipe, that's what plumbers do when they plumb, dot com forward slash after movie diner and let us know what you think of the show. Now while speak pipe might be completely and utterly free for you to use, what isn't completely and utterly free is producing one of these shows each week. There's obviously the movie to pay for, the diner to pay for, the website to pay for, there's the editing man hours and so on and so on. The list goes on. And I know that you're all listening to this thinking how can I contribute, sponsor or become a patron of the after movie diner? Well it's quite simple. You go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash after movie diner hopefully noticing a pattern by now and donate to the show up to a dollar per show or 70p if you're living in the UK and that would go a great way to helping us produce this fantastic show each week so that's www.patreon.com forward slash after movie diner failing all those things you don't want to do any of those things why not rate and review us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher wherever you find the show it really really would help thank you very much for listening to this short but definitely not pointless message and now back to the regular programmer. There was also a couple of scenes in this where the director like clearly had some awesome ideas. Like Stevenson coming out of the plane backwards and then watching as the rocket shot up towards no, Air Force God, that was so cool. And instead of seeing like the plane explode right there, you just saw it behind the clouds. Yeah. Like you just saw like the, the gold and the uh, the orange of the explosion. It reminded me a little bit of that. Um, at the scene in um, Godzilla where they jump um, into the city and they right. don't know what's underneath it it was kind of that kind of feel but it was very because you didn't you didn't know it was coming when he jumped out of the back he just kind of fell out the it back was so cool. with his hands across his chest mm. it was also though it had plenty like plenty cool moments oh, yeah. the kid diving away from the exploding plane and that was very cool that was really well done lots of slow-mo but very nicely done yeah great performances a wonderful like seemingly hand-wringing goatee beard villain in a leather jacket who wants to stuff and mount the president like he's a yeah a, that was a, very cool. a, a moose or something I mean that was the other cool thing like the kid was amazing and he looked like unbelievably finished I didn't even know that <coughs> finished people looked like something Especially, right. well, they're, they're kind of that really Nord, that finished. kind of Scandinavian Nordic kind of. Mm. But like, he got for some reason in my head, specifically finished. Right. And oh, he had some. He had a real. And he's like fifty percent of the movie. Yeah. Not more so. Yeah. It's not like seventy-five percent of the movie. If With, he doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. No. And him and Jackson are really, really good together. Like yeah. they have sort of like a really good on-screen chemistry where they are just like you say often they're just like sitting around a campfire or you know they, they never like really figure anything out they just they're just trying to stay alive and, and not give up on each other like that's what it is it's try to stay alive and not give up on it, on, on yourself or the other right that's probably what more than anything I'd say the moral if there is one of the movie seems to be like don't give up Right, never give up, you know, and don't give up on your friends. And I didn't like—I don't know whether I'm getting an older man or what it is, or whether I've just lived in America too long. 
I don't mind stuff being what? a little sweet. You know well, what I mean? No, I agree with you. I don't mind stuff being a little cosy, as you would say. I just, I really like it. It, it, it wasn't the movie that I was expecting. No, me neither. But I actually like. I loved it for that reason. Yeah, I really. You're right. I really enjoyed it. It's been a long time since. Um, well, certainly you and I saw something in the cinema that surprised us. Like, right. Where like we knew really, really soon on that we were going to enjoy the hell out of it. Right. You know that we were in safe hands. And it's the opposite of Maggie because Maggie, like we both went in with expectations of Maggie because it was our Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, zombie movie. And it didn't pay any of them off at all in any way at all. And only disappointed us. This, on the other hand, was like, no, listen, it's a Finnish movie. It's not going to be an American movie. Right, so right, just right. sit back and enjoy the Finnishness of it. You know what I mean? That, I mean, that, that, that's the thing, I suppose. Well, having it open up with them talking in and with the subtitles, there was a feeling of immediately like being in another world. And whatever the president's going to have to go through. Yeah, oh, lovely. it's lovely. Thanks so much. He's going to have to go through it in Finland. And so you're right, you, you feel like you're in a different... It's not, it wasn't like picture postcard stuff, but, you know, the, the same old actions would take place in front of a, different, a slightly different backdrop. Right. It's, things are going to be a little bit different here, you know? No, I, I super liked it. Mm. I really, really liked it. Mm. And Jim Broadbent shuffling about being the world's greatest CIA just made me endlessly happy. And once again, um, the trailers for the movie before, there were mo- most of the trailers for, were movies I wanted to see. Even They even managed to turn... Because we've complained about the Hitman trailer before, right? Right. Well, you have. In oh, I life. have. Right. Because I just, I mean, I just won't watch it at all. No, no I won't either. But I will say, they, they released another trailer where they went, okay, well, that first trailer obviously didn't work. Because I thought, well, he's a... He's it's not like, out till August. I swear it's been being fucking advertised since last Christmas. What, they advertised it in this really weird way where they tried to advertise it as like, this one happens in the first five minutes of the movie and he's a really bad dude. And then you'd watch the film and then you'd find out, oh, no, he's not a bad dude, actually, blah, blah, blah. But that didn't work because no one... Obviously, people had the same reaction as me. Anyway, they just they did another trailer of the film where they gave everything away. And just like with the Terminator Genesis trailer, where I saw the Terminator Genesis trailer, I was like, no, oh, that won't be much good. And then they gave everything away, and I thought, actually, I quite want to see that. Right. And similarly with Hitman, well, I don't actually really want to see it. But if it came on now, I'd probably give it a watch, because it's, you know... Right. It might be all right. Um, and what else? Ant-Man looks pretty good. Um, there was something Man really from good. Uncle, uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible looked amazing. I hadn't seen a trailer for it, but Mission Impossible looks unbelievably good. I fucking love that franchise, other than Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, but even that one I'll take just for Anthony Hopkins being a big ham. It's been a long time since I I've hate Dougray Scott. But I love Anthony Hopkins and um, Tandy Newton and um, I don't mind John Woo's over the top bike chase fight either. No, it's the tango bit in the middle. God, that fucking that made me angry. I remember that. Um, but anyway, but another example of when the when the trailers are shit before a movie, the movie's shit. When the trailers are good, the movie's good. I'll tell you what else I thought as well. I was like, here's a chance where a little like. Finnish indie guy who had done a bunch of short films that had led up various festivals, right? And then he'd done this um, uh, 
movie um, that had been, I think, a moderate hit on like Netflix or whatever around about uh, a few years back now. Because there was a whole bunch, like, that one came out, Troll Hunter came out. Oh, yeah. There was like the Norwegian Ninja or something came out. Like, there was a whole bunch of sort of weird Scandinavian. Dead Snow. Yeah, Dead Snow. Weird Scandinavian genre movies that kind of all came out around about the same time. Yeah. Uh, over the last five years. And there's a whole, I'm sure there's a whole like Euro exploitation now that people are. Yeah. Or Scandinavian exploitation or whatever they're calling it. Sub genre now. But because there's enough of them and they're all on Netflix. The. He hasn't been given a whole lot of money, but he's been given a bit of money, and he's been given these Hollywood stars, and he really threw it all up on the screen. Like, he really did the business. He did. And it was so nice to see an indie director actually take the reins, and yeah, it's obviously clearly playing in his wheelhouse of his previous movies about hunting and in the woods and blah, 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 but he properly put it all up on the screen and showed he could do something. I'm a bit disappointed that, like, I get that... <clears throat> Like I, I, I read some reviews of it, and they were like being well sniffy. And it's, and I was a bit like, well, how could you be sniffy about it? It's got, it's so good natured. Right. Like at best, you should be able to say, well, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Right. But like, being sniffy about it seems a bit. Like, yeah, but someone told me spirited. today that loads of people gave Maggie a good review, and I'm like, I don't what? even understand how that's possible. Yeah. So, just shows you, man. Ugh, critics. But like you watch Maggie and you're like, there's no way anyone can enjoy this. Mm. Yet it got loads of reviews. But what I'm saying, what is there to enjoy Maggie? Like honestly, people really like greyness. But but nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. Big fan of greyness. But likewise, I don't know how anyone comes out of this movie. Even if you go into this movie expecting an action movie, right. Get what you Which get. Which I was. But and I'm glad it come was. Out, no, me too. Come out and be a bit disappointed. I still don't know how you come out of this movie and hate it. Huh. Or be sniffy about it. You might say it wasn't an action movie. But at the very least, it was beautifully scored, beautifully yeah. shot. Yeah, beautifully and everyone was having a bundle yeah. of laughs thing in it. It's definitely the best I've seen Jackson be in a long, long time. Right. I, mean, I feel like this is what you know because he tried to do the whole B-movie thing with Snakes on a Plane and it kind of backfired because it sort of became a parody of a parody of itself right uh, and it was a bit like Sharknado everyone was really looking forward to it and then they saw it and went oh yeah that, that's kind of what we were expecting but now we're a bit disappointed Whereas this, this is him playing around in like the B-movie field again, and I think this was a lot more successful. And in a weird way, it's because he wasn't walking around being Samuel Badass, Mother yeah. Flubbin' Jackson, right? Yeah, he was, he was being himself. And, and, and seeing him being vulnerable like that, but also, like I feel like holding it together for the kid, right? you know, like to make sure the kid was looked after. And then... The kid holding it together to make sure the president was looked after. It was just really nice, and it was just, in the end, it ended up being about like a friendship, right. you know, of these two guys who had spent their lives one short, one long, like letting people down, right, and being disappointed, and not only finding like a kindred spirit out there in the world, like so they didn't feel as alone, but also. 
in the worst moment of their life, like the biggest trouble they're in, they're like someone there to right. like take care of them. And like, before oh. people think that it was just sort of a serious, sweet family movie, no, there, there was plenty, there was plenty of plenty, there was plenty of like lunacy in it. You know what I mean? There was plenty about of it about it that was very B movie. But because I kind of love that, I don't. I'm not coming down on it for that. I'm not sitting there and going, well, of course there was a lot of mentions of. I'm the president of the United States because that's what you want. Like you want yeah. people from <laughs> America who play the president to go around going, "I'm the goddamn president of the United States." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you you want that? Like, yeah. I look for that. That's what I loved about Olympus Was Fallen because it was just so overwrought with that patriotic fervor. That I kind of because if it wasn't, it, it doesn't work. Like, if you don't if you don't have him like on that pedestal or if you don't have that mean something right even in a chest thumpy patriotic flag waving way then the whole like joke that the kid supersedes him and the whole fact that it's his birthday and he's doing this thing and he's on a mission and blah 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 none of that carries any weight because yeah. if he's not the loving president of the United States then it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it doesn't make it you have to kind of imbue him with that mm. the iconic status of the of the of the office because he has also had to have let down the office so without do you know what I mean like the, the, so it didn't bother me that whole uh, B movie trope or cliche no I mean I think I think the beautiful part of it what, the thing for me is right? I like a good B movie like I love a good B movie right but if you're going to make a good B movie then what you've got to do is you've got, you've, got to, you've got to take the trite because the point about a B-movie is to one degree or another it's comforting right, right. So you know what you're going to get and you're taken along on a ride taken along on, a, on an adventure so you have the like you say the tropes the cliche the genre you know the patterns that you recognise and feel comfortable in so ultimately what have you got that's going to that's going to make it live that's going to make it like you know really because you can just feed the people give the people what they want we both know that that doesn't work like you try and do that and if your movie doesn't have a heart and doesn't have a soul it's not going to connect with people but they're going to recognise that they're being pandered to and they're not going to like it you know all the best horror movies all the best horror B movies yeah you know they're generic and, and you, to one degree or another you're being pandered to but there's something in the middle of it you know, the difference between um, Halloween and It Follows is that in the middle of that is Carpenter's, like, like connecting with something that he doesn't quite understand and wants to explore, whatever. But there's something human in the middle of that. And, like, in this one, what makes this a good thing really is there's something human in the middle of it. Like you say, that's, like, sweet and... Feel connected to you. Feel connected to the characters, and so you feel it doesn't. The fact that there are tropes and cliches, if they're done well, and they're happily the characters that you care about, then then you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah. Because it's not that common either. No. That people can pull that off. No. To put likable people and people you care about in a. in a fun but it's like with because there's been a lot of these recently though if you think about it, there's Olympus of Four and there's White House Down obviously the 24 did it a lot but there's there's been quite a few with like the president in trouble kind of movies 
Um, yeah, ever since Air Force One, I guess. Air right? Force One was the first one, I imagine. Escape from New York, which we were talking about before. True, but again, he's a weak president. He's like a flabby, weak, awful president. Right, I mean, yeah. it's Donald Pleasant, but he's playing a bit of a, a bit of a politician rather than an actual strong, right, right, right. strong leader. Um, yeah, because Samuel Jackson thing seems to be more about like some idea of being a man. Um, I guess playing around with the idea that. Um, well, it's indicated that he knows how to talk a good game, but not live up to it. Yeah, and I, but I, I think that's what's going on there. I think there's an idea of the we're like separated from we're separated from the politicians. Right? They are they are others. You know, they're not quite real. They don't really care about things. They they know how to talk and they know how to get what they want, or rather, they know how to like achieve power, but not what to do with it. Right. Not how to be like a you know a real human being, basically. And I think what's nice about the whole movie is essentially it's about a politician who like learns to become a human being. Again. Right. In a in a way, I think that's one of the reasons that it draws us in is that it's playing with. Like, everybody fucking hates politicians. Like, we all hate politicians. Right. <clears throat> and here's a real one, like, falling out of the sky, literally. Right. And behaving in exactly the way you would imagine, like, a weak-willed, only knows how to talk politician at the beginning. Right. But then when he's confronted with the kid, and there's a feeling of, well, whatever's going on here, like, we're in this together, that humanises him, and then he becomes an everyman. Right. Which is really, really nice. And everything he does is has that everyman quality because it's not like he's a great fighter or there's any real acts of great courage. He just, you know, he endures, like, to some extent, like, people feel like they have to endure while the politicians are above them, flying around in their private planes, you know, drinking their, you know, sweet champagne and all the rest of it. While we, on the, you know, on the ground, we endure and struggle right. and here's this guy brought I, down to our level enduring and struggling with us like I wouldn't mind if this director took over from Emmerich when Emmerich yeah that would be fine with me stops like dwindling yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. like a real Emmerich sensibility I think well yeah I would, certainly I the whole like bit at the beginning with don't tell the first lady about him having a cookie yeah, and no then Ray Stevenson like says if I've learned anything from a near death experience it is that life's too short and you should have a cookie if you want one that's when I, I think that's when I knew I was like I'm not sure I'm not sure and then that line because it wasn't like the greatest line ever and I was like wow I've never heard anything like that before like, yeah but that's what you've done is a cliche but that worked and they don't always work you know right like uh, you know, have a biscuit Mr President or I'm going to take these back to First Lady or, or whatever but it's just like life's too short not to have a cup you know and it was it was just nice and I believed it and I believed them and so really nice so uh, resounding thumbs up from yes. us ah. to quickly just as we wrap up this episode mm. which is coming up on the hour mark so quickly wrap up the episode so we'll do the last five minutes the big twist if you want to watch this movie and you don't want it spoiled from the beginning uh, turn off now go watch it and come back and listen to the last five minutes <coughs> so turn off now the they, big... were, they were promised a, a jingle they don't get a jingle well, I'll do one and then I'll do one and I'll add it later alright I'll do it live alright um, <laughs> to quote Bill O'Reilly um Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, he's the one who flipped out. Like his his behind the scenes flip out YouTube video is from when he was first like a 
he hosted like a, a some kind of a magazine program, right? And he was meant to be introducing. I think it's someone really innocuous, like Sting or someone, right? To like play out the show, and he didn't understand the copy. You know what I mean? Like it was like coming up next his Sting with I don't know Ars of Gold or whatever. And he didn't understand, uh, he was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And he like totally flips out. He's like, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Like he starts swearing and throwing paper around because he can't read some simple copy on a prompter. Wow. You've never seen this before? No, I've never seen it before. Okay. He's a real piece of work, isn't he? Oh, he's a total arsehead. Um, <laughs> I love the way they go, but, but why can't we be bigoted against gay people? Like that's not right, right? Like, that's literally what Fox News have been doing all week since the announcement. They've literally gone, uh, but, but we were kind of enjoying sort of segregating and bullying them. Is that not something we can do? Like, who are we supposed to hate now? <laughs> <laughs> Better burn some churches, I suppose. The Arabs are miles away. Yeah, right. Gays on our doorsteps. <laughs> <laughs> We could get them on, I could yell at them. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Uh, it, whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. The, now, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Any? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, Sting is going to do... It's a video. Sting video. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah, yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Okay. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! In five, four, three. That's tomorrow and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Oh, here are the spoilers, the spoilers, the spoilers that we promised at the top of the show. We're talking about the spoilers, the spoilers, the spoilers. They're the things we don't think that you want to know. So if you intend to watch this film, or if you just don't care no more, then turn off now. Stop listening immediately. We're talking about the spoilers, the spoilers, the spoilers. Oh, those things we talked about at the top of the show. It's the spoiler moment. So anyway. Uh, the big twist, sorry. The big twist at the end is, and it's sort of a double twist. Yes, it is. It's the halfway towards the end when we're not really sure what the terrorist plan is, except to kill and stuff. Yeah, because you don't mountain. believe. Yeah, you don't. But even though it's like, it's it's really nicely done because you don't exactly believe that a psychopathic guy is only doing this 
as like a big game hunter. Right. But he's so rich and psychopathic that he's decided if I'm going to hunt anyone, I'm going to hunt him for the United States. Right. Gonna, you know, whatever. And you know that Stevenson doesn't but you fully believe in what this other guy is wanting to do. This rat yeah, guy. Yeah, but what's, but what's hassle, nice hassle about it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Victor Garber is the vice president. You see Victor Garber notice um, Broadbent texting. And then a few minutes later. So sure enough, Broadbent is revealed to be behind this plot. And it's kind of like half-assed revealed that the plan is to convince the world that the war on terror is not over and that we still need our intelligence and security agencies. Because you, maybe we're meant to think that um, old Broadbent is being put out to pasture. And this was meant to be his chance to show everybody, look, I can do the business still, even though I'm a sandwich-chomping, cardigan-wearing old... Yeah, I mean, it's the usual thing of, you know, in order to protect America... We have to perpetuate the myth. So yeah. they were going to make a martyr out of the president, they were going to document everything on video like the terrorists do, they were going to show him being martyred, and then that was going to incite people to want to continue... Right hunting people from around the globe. It turns out that not only is the psychopath from Saudi Arabia actually one of um, their operatives, but not, and not only that Jim Broadbent was in on it, um, but that Victor Garber as the vice president was in on it. Sorry. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. It's just only describing the end of the film I just saw. I get why that's good for the people at home, right? But for, you'd understand why I drift away briefly and wonder as to the fate of my tea, as one might wonder to right. the fate you of You don't need your tea now. So. No, I don't. Too late now. So anyway, <laughs> so Victor Garber was the vice president who obviously wanted to really be president because apparently all vice presidents just want to be president. <laughs> Uh, I imagine that's probably true, actually. <laughs> I don't know why you consider that to be like an unreasonable narrative leap. <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's in on it, and uh, he's very disappointed that it goes wrong. Uh, they meet in a bathroom, uh, plot reveal, plot reveal, plot reveal, and then, uh, shock of all shocks, Which Jim, is very cool. Jim Broadbent bangs his head down onto the, the sink casement, uh, cutting his head open and killing him instantly, breaking, breaking his, neck. his neck, basically. Um, then puts soap on his shoe and soap on the floor as if he'd slipped and hit his thing, and then, and then, um, and then wanders out of the bathroom. And we even waited till the end of the credits because we wanted there was going to be another scene. Also, the lights didn't come up in the cinema, which is often an indication of there being an after-credit sequence. No after-credit sequence. So although Jim Broadbent was revealed to be a bad guy, he actually walked out totally of the movie, got away, got away with it. Totally got away with it. Which actually adds a whole new thing to the movie for me. And yeah. and and because it's not only a kick-ass B movie, but it has a daring, ambiguous ending. Really not an ambiguous ending, a, a, a daring... Like a morally ambiguous ending, I guess? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the bad guy is not punished. Right. Like, the the politician... I guess you could argue... If we're gonna, if we're gonna go for one reading of the film, right, which would be incredibly... Uh, pretentious reading of the film but I think there's something to it the idea of look the, out kids here comes the pretentious here comes reading the by Jim <laughs> Jim's going to get deep on your ass no no no, no. It's, what I said, it's what I said before don't say I'm going to get deep on their ass it's unpleasant <laughs> um, it's what I said before about the politician you know being brought down to the level of the everyman where he must struggle and you know and become one of us that the only guy that gets punished is the vice president for his ambition 
Right. The CIA analyst is not punished, because presumably, it wasn't. I mean, it was. It was. It was. He set up. But he's still trying to protect his own job. He's trying to protect his own country in his head. It wasn't that it was a bad plan. Because Hassan, whatever, actually says, if it if it helps, I'm actually with you, Mr. President. Like he actually was doing it. Right. 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 It was, it, and you're right and, and the, what was cool about that is you didn't get the impression when he said if there's any, if there's any consolation I'm with you Mr President I'm on your side or whatever you didn't, I didn't have a reaction to that of like oh he's you know he's all twisted up he's got his the only people company. who I were thought, greedy yeah, you probably are the only people who were greedy and didn't have like a greater good in mind even though it was a twisted greater good were Stevenson and, and Garber and they both fought the farm Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that is, like you say, I think... Because Stevenson was shooting at him even after... Like, he got rid of Hussar and he he was shooting at them even after... uh, Like, he left them all to die because he was like, to hell with it. Yeah. It was... It it was a nicely ambiguous... Not ambiguous, morally ambiguous, ain't it? Yeah. That made you... Yeah, again, it didn't feel me like... Oh, it's like left you with a... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was just it like a nice it, little... But it wasn't super clever, clever. It was just... No, it was just like, this is probably how it would go down. Yeah. No way, you know, they're not going to... But also the fact that Broadbent got to do some, like, mad oh, leg sweep was... thing yeah, and really still cool. shuffle out of the bathroom having, like, roughed up his hair. Oh, he did, he, like, roughed it to make him look like a bit of a... That was kind of cool. Yeah, you're right. It's like, so... He can kill a man in a second. Because he's the greatest CIA athlete of all time. Of all time. He's Jim Broadbent. And I guess that's what we saw him doing. I've got to applaud that. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that's a wonderful place to leave it. Thank you very much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure, sir. Enjoyed the hell out of it, as always. Let's get the check and wrap it up. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so some really exciting news to end this week's After Movie Diner. The next in a series of 10-track long musical albums that I've been releasing this year has been finished. And, you know, I I don't want to be or come across as egomaniacal or blow my own trumpet or anything like that. It really isn't meant that way. Uh, but it is one of my favorite albums that I've ever done. Uh, I'm, I'm exceptionally proud of the songwriting on this, and I just, I just think it's a really great piece. Uh, I hope uh, everyone enjoys it when they get to hear it uh, this week. Hopefully uh, this uh, episode will be coming out Monday, July 6th. The album is hopefully going to be released either July 7th tomorrow or July 8th. That's Wednesday uh, of this week. It's going to be called Bad Time Banjolele. It's going to be 10 tracks, uh, plus a bonus track, plus several bonus demos, uh, all recorded and written on the banjolele, which is also the banjo uke. And I've been describing it as uh, really upbeat, jolly songs about horrible, painful shit. Uh, So please uh, check us out at Miscellaneous Plumbing Fixtures on Facebook or on miscplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com Uh, when the album is released. Uh, A couple of other people have heard a few tracks off it. Uh, They have also been hugely complimentary and said some great things about it. Uh, So it's not just me. Uh, I I really think it's going to be a special album. It's being released this week. That's very exciting. And to kind of whet your appetite, I'm going to play sort of three or four tracks off the album, but just sort of 30-second glimpse of three or four tracks off the album at the end of this show uh, and hopefully encourage you to rush out and buy it when it comes out, as well as tell all your friends and share it around and everything. I'm going to do a huge push for this album, so I'm sorry if you're already sick of me promoting stuff, but it's not going to stop. 
I really, really, really want this album to be as big as it possibly can be. So I'm going to do a huge push in the coming weeks. Uh, but you guys are going to be the first to hear uh, some little sneak previews off it, which is very, very exciting. And uh, as I say, the album will be coming out this week. So thanks ever so much. Hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of the After Movie Diner. We'll, of course, be back next week uh, with another uh, one-week indie movie wonder. Uh, but until then, I leave you with miscellaneous plumbing fixtures. Getting a piece of the action is never a piece of cake. Everything has an opposite and equal reaction. There's no mistake. There was nothing I could have done. My heart was always going to break. Clutching at straws even when you know that they're all short. Try to find comfort in everything you bought. But you're not what it says on the poster. And you've been caught Highway Road East Arizona I knew then It was over But something can't finish If you don't let it start It's time to put this horse
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.